The first reading is from Jeremiah 1, verses 4 to 8. The call of Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from Ephesians chapter 2. Rowena, which Rowena is going to read for us. <laughs> As Adam has just said, uh, the second reading is from Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, and can be found on the church Bibles beside you on page 1174, or the screen in front of you. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from ourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is the word of the Lord. So shall we pray. Heavenly Father, two um, very significant passages, really encouraging words that you know us and you care for us even from the very beginning, that you have purposes for us which you have already planned. Please open our hearts this morning to those words of encouragement and draw us close to you in the desire that you have for the blessing of our lives and through us 
of this world. Amen. At this very moment, a very significant thing is happening for me. My youngest child, James, has boarded a plane at Heathrow for St. Petersburg and has started the first leg of his uh, travels across the Far East, literally to the ends of the earth. I have no idea where he is going or who he is going to meet. He's going to places I've never been to and he will meet people that I have never met. I just can't believe that he hasn't invited me to go with him. He's launched himself on this plane into adulthood. And it's now up to him. How good it is for me to know that he isn't going on his own. To begin with, he's got three strapping uh, mates with him. And uh, so together they should look large enough as a body uh, to kind of put off most, um, uh, you know, most passing um, uh, difficulty. But even more importantly for me, the Lord Jesus will be traveling with him every step of the way. And of course, there was an even more significant moment 20 years ago when James came into being. I was incredibly privileged to see the scan of James at just a few weeks old, that tiny fetus, the heart beating, indeed, by that point, scans were good enough so that I could even see through the section of his heart and see those ventricles opening and shutting. It was unbelievable. It was the most extraordinary sense of miracle of life coming into being. At that moment, at the start of his lifelong journey, and at every moment since then, I have been so glad that I could commend James into the blessing and the loving care of his heavenly father when I, his earthly father, couldn't be with him. It's possible that one or two of you here know that you are pregnant and are quietly delighting in that knowledge. It's also possible that someone here doesn't yet know that she is pregnant and that lovely surprise is ahead of you. In 1999, surgeon Dr. Brunner, having exposed the womb by C-section, made an incision in it to undertake an operation to fix a spina bifida lesion on an unborn child. If I could have the uh, picture. The baby's little hand popped out of the opening and when offered the surgeon's finger, grasped onto it. This, I gather, isn't unusual in that operation, but on that occasion, there was a photographer present. And this photograph has become an iconic image for our fragile yet tenacious grasp on life and for the healing care offering hope for the future. Well, Dr. Brunner's operation was completely successful, and Samuel Armas, who would not otherwise have survived birth, was born safely and well. We know that there are many external human and other influences besides surgeons 
which affects the unborn baby. Reading aloud is very good for children. Playing Mozart, I gather, is the music of favor. Laughing, eating curry, all extremely excellent influences. There are other influences not so good. Alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, stress, anger, fear. Some little babies are surrounded by love and care from the very beginning, and some are not. Some are wanted, and some are not. Some are intended, and longed for, and some are not. Some are delighted in, and some are not. These things make all the difference. But one thing is true for us all. Today's readings tell us that our Heavenly Father knows us even before our conception. He loves us, he cares for us, even in the womb. He wants us and intends us and delights in us from the very beginning. <coughs> While some of us have had good experiences of the womb, and some have had terrible ones for ourselves, for the children that we've produced, for those that we've received from others, for those who have died, for those who have been born seemingly miscreated, for those we have not been able to have. Some of them, we or others, have damaged or even destroyed. Some have been healed. Some have thrived. But in every life, in every outcome, we know that our and their Heavenly Father knew them and us, loved them and us, even in the womb. Before I formed you in the womb, says the Lord, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I know it's become popular to talk of the conceived but unborn child as just a piece of living tissue that's entirely part of the mother until birth. So that termination is an issue of women's rights, an entirely personal decision for the mother. In this passage, we hear that God knew Jeremiah even before he was born. Jeremiah's life was valid, was validated, precious to God, even in the womb. Terminating Jeremiah would not have been immaterial to God. Some of us, I guess, may have faced terribly distressing personal situations in the past, which have led us to take heart-rending decisions to end a pregnancy. I don't know who any such person is this morning here today, so don't think that I am knowingly speaking of you. But if that is you, you may well have found it hard to forget your unborn child. Certainly there are people here today who have lost their unborn children and still feel their loss. Hearing me say that God loves those children 
may be raising in you grief and anger and even guilt. I understand that and I want you to know that God shares your grief and he recognizes your anger and he will forgive any guilt. If you have never done so before, you could commend that unborn child to the gentle, embracing, ever-living and ever-loving mercy of his or her Heavenly Father. You could do that on your own, or, or you could do it with someone else you trust. And any guilt you feel, you could acknowledge before God and receive his healing forgiveness. Some of us too, I guess, don't like how we were made. We wish that God had made us someone else, even with different parents. We too need to remember God's words to us as much as to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, says the Lord, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I wonder if I could ask all of us to close our eyes just for a moment, to give a moment of quiet as a gift. Quiet in which anyone who wishes might hand on to God the grief and shame that they've carried. To acknowledge his delight in us and in those who are born and in those who have died. And to receive from him forgiveness and peace. If you have been praying for yourself just now and would like to pray with somebody else, then please allow that to happen. Have the courage to find somebody, someone you know and trust, or if you would like to pray with somebody here in church this morning, there would be somebody in the back corner who would love to pray with you after, after the service. Or if you don't have courage this morning, you don't want to, you know, show yourself this morning, then why not get in touch with the pastoral care team? And there are ladies in the pastoral care team who would be delighted and very um, experienced and empathetic and able to hold your conf confidence and to pray with you. You'll find their number on the, um, on the notice sheet at the bottom. Well, the next thing that we hear in the Bible is that even from the womb, God intends us for the purposes for which he has created us. Some of us, I guess, may feel useless, insignificant, purposeless. But the Lord says to you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. If you look on the banner in front of you, you will see the fivefold purpose for which God has created each one of you. 
including you. Firstly, worship. To worship the Father through the Son, Jesus. Then fellowship. To have fellowship with the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and with each other. Thirdly, discipleship. To follow Jesus wherever he goes, to the ends of the earth. And every day, to become more like him. Fourthly, ministry. To minister to others, serving them as Jesus serves us. And fifthly, witness. To witness to Jesus as our Savior and Lord. Here are five scriptures that I just want to read out to you that show us that these, God's purposes, are his purposes for us even in the womb. And the first one is on worship. And it comes at the beginning of Luke, Luke uh, chapter 1, verses 41 to 45. Mary, um, pregnant with Jesus, has come to visit her cousin Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby inside her leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you, Mary, among women. And blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. So Elizabeth is acknowledging that the ba baby in Mary's womb is already her Lord. And she bears testimony that the baby in her own womb is dancing for joy, like his mother, acknowledging his unborn Lord in the best way he can. We are born for worship of Jesus. And it would seem that even in the womb, we can express that worship. Certainly, we have had the opportunity to grow in that worship ever since. And our own unborn babies become a fit means for worshipping God, as Elizabeth discovered, and as have I. Okay, secondly, fellowship. This comes from the beginning of John's Gospel, John 1, 12 to 13, another Christmas reading. Yet to all who received him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born of not of natural descent, nor of a human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. Every person is born for the privilege of becoming a part of Jesus' family, of becoming God's child. An unborn baby already experiences a profound intimacy with his or her mother. Ideally, it's one of care and joy. How much more special if that relationship is also a spiritual fellowship as children together of the same Heavenly Father. This same fellowship that Elizabeth and John in her womb shared as together they worshipped their Lord and Saviour, not yet born, the Lord Jesus. How beautiful and powerful if we are already praying for our children even from the moment of conception. Later, we'll have the joy of praying with them too. Okay, thirdly, discipleship. This comes from Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16. 
For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before even one of them came to be. We are not hidden from God, even in the most secret of places. Clearly, these verses also generate and draw out from us worship of God who has made such an amazing uh, job of creation, creating us, creating life inside us. But more than that, we walk in the presence of God even in darkness. We live in the light of his love. God knows every day that is ordained for us. And as we grow into the light, we can choose to use those days to follow him. Fourthly, ministry. This comes from the, uh, the end of the second reading that we had today. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's workmanship. Is that not amazing workmanship? We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. From the very beginning, God already knows the good works he has planned for us to do. We are not purposeless or insignificant. He has a purpose and a plan for us. And it starts on day one. And of course, it goes on to the very last day as well. We have not finished the days that God planned for us and the purposes that he had in mind for us to do. And fifthly and lastly, witness. This comes from our first reading. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. For Jeremiah, that purpose was to bear witness to the nations of God's holiness. And for John too, John the Baptist, it was to lead his people in repentance back to God and to bear witness of his cousin and Lord, Jesus. We've already seen how that witness began for John right, in, right at the beginning in his mother's womb. He, by leaping for joy, he was pointing out to the Lord Jesus who was in the womb next to his. And he was going to have the privilege of pointing out the Lamb of God in the days ahead as his witness grew in courage and influence as he became a man. His most telling words would be, he must increase, and I must decrease. All of us, even from the womb, are witnesses of the wonderful works of God, as James, my son, was to me when his tiny heart was scanned. And as we grow into adulthood, we will have many opportunities to witness more effectively of God's love for us in Jesus. Okay, one last thing. 
we are not born alone. We don't come into this world entirely and completely independent of anyone or anything else. The very womb teaches us that God intended us to be born into dependence and into relationship. We are born to be family. We were born the first time into human family, and we are born anew into a new spiritual family. Sometimes in human families, we damage and hurt one another. Sometimes we do the same in our spiritual family. But this is not what our Heavenly Father intended for us. He intended and he makes possible for us to share encouragement together, to love, to care, to share healing with one another. We are family. And God knew that we would be part of this part of his family even when we were in the womb. Is that not amazing? You think you turned up today kind of because you decided to do so this morning. But God knew you were turning up today even before you were born. He has called you to be here together with your brothers and sisters. <coughs> His family this morning. <coughs> Sorry. Whatever your personal family has been like, this too is your family. This church is a place where you are loved and you are wanted. It's a place where you are valued, where we hold hope for you. This is the place when you can receive, where you can receive healing and find purpose for your life. And so Jesus has brought us together to share worship and fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and witness. And above all, to share his joy in his life in us. So, do not ever believe the lie that you have no purpose, no significance, no value, that you are unloved or a mistake. This is not true. Do not believe that who you were made, who you have become, or what you have done is outside the loving attention or purposes of your Heavenly Father. This is not true either. You are loved and you are called to fulfill the glorious purposes that your Heavenly Father has designed and purposed for you, even from the womb. Before I, before I formed you in the womb, says your Lord to you, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Amen. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, before you formed us in the womb, you knew us. You loved us and created us and cared for us. You chose our parents as the context in which we could find you and receive the privilege of becoming your child. Thank you. And you chose our new spiritual family in which we could grow and flourish 
and enable others to flourish too. Thank you for that too. And before we were born, you set us apart. You chose us and called us for a purpose, to worship you, to have fellowship with you and in you, to follow you and become like you, to serve you in each other, and to witness to you in the world. Thank you. Help us to fulfill the purposes that you have had for us, even in the womb. Amen.